There's a few times, you know, just being, might just being from the South. You get around good Southern folk and it just come out. Good, 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 good. You're a good, good father. Who you are, who you are, who you are. And I'm in love by you. Come on now. It's who I am, who I am. We're going to sing it. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. Who us? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Who I am. Hallelujah. Because he is perfect in all of his ways. Would you just look to somebody? I just don't know why I feel to say this, but would you look to somebody right now and say, You are not a mistake? Sometimes we need to hear that. Right? I was um, I was born in nineteen seventy-three. Uh and if, if anybody understands what happened in 1973, Roe versus Wade took place. I was the youngest by seven years. My biological father had horribly uh, been mentally abusive to my mother. He was uh, very sexually active outside of their marriage. Even the, to the day that I was born, he picked her up with his girlfriend to take her to the hospital for me to be born. My mom, through that pregnancy, I was premature, but through that pregnancy, she thought over and over again, it's legal now, I could just get rid of this. And so somebody needs to hear that you're not a mistake. That you survived for purpose. And that you have a plan. And though the enemy meant it for evil, <laughs> God's got you for good. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Surrendered. You know, it's a unique thing, you know, when we surrender, we throw our hands up as a sign of, I surrender, right? And, and, and it, isn't it unique that in the same sense as we worship God, we throw our hands up as a sign of, we worship you, lifting up holy hands before the Lord as a sign of surrender to say, Lord, I trust you, God. Lord, I'm surrendered to you. Whatever you desire, wherever you, whatever you want, whatever you want to materialize, in this body, it was created by you, it is yours, it is not mine, I surrender all to you. Amen? And, and, and when we understand that for us to walk in victory, we have to be willing to surrender everything. Because uh, l- Let me, uh, let me re- uh, I guess, confirm to you, the things that you struggle with are not things that God gave you, they're things that you have taken on yourself. 
Amen? And, and so the only way to overcome them is truly to surrender them to Christ Jesus. And, and the longer you hold on, the harder it becomes. Because then you become identified with those things. You, you allow those things to become ingrained in who you, who you are. You've ever heard somebody say, well, that's just the way I am. That may be the way you are because you've been conditioned to be that way through the circumstances that life has placed on you, but it is not who God created you to be. Amen? So the only way to be overcomers of the things that have, the, the things that have hindered us or the things that we uh, struggle with is truly become surrendered to Jesus Christ. And the only way to truly surrender to Jesus Christ is to really, really recognize who he is. Because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us that without faith it is impossible to please him. For those who come to God must believe that he is, he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. You need to say that, rewarder. Yeah. We want rewards, right? We want deliverance. But he is a rewarder of, them, of those who diligently seek him. You want something from God? It doesn't happen passively. It doesn't happen, well, you know, I, I, I believe God's going to bring it to me. No, man, a garden won't grow without some tilling. Right? And the tilling can't take place until you pull up some weeds, right? And, and, and even when you do some weed pulling and you do some tilling, you still got to do some planting. And let me tell you something. If you don't plant seeds, weeds will come back. I don't know how they do it. But you've got to plant some seeds. And then, and then when those seeds are planting, let me, let, let me just say this. You won't get a harvest unless you're willing to invest. How many want to retire one day? Some of you guys are already re retired, right? But you didn't get to retire because you didn't invest. You retired because you have invested yourself so that you have an ability to have some finances. Even though it might be meager and little, you have some finances to be able to live on after you have retired. It didn't happen because you didn't invest. It happens because you invested something. Amen. We all quiet this morning. And the reality is, is that, look, guys, if you truly want to uh, receive something from God, you've got to invest something. Right? You've got to put something in. And I'm going to get to this in a minute. <sighs> Lord, help us. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, faith is... Right? What is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The, the, the reality is, is too many of us are living on faith out of what we have already experienced instead of truly listening to God of what He wants to show us. Oh, that might hurt. I mean, look, yes, man, I remember when 
God moved when I was a young boy and I remember the experiences of seeing the Holy Ghost flow into the service and they were shouting and they were dancing and they were jumping pews and they were all kinds of craziness going on and that was a great experience but I cannot continue to feast off the yesterday's bread because God's got manna for me today. And so... Faith is not living off of yesterday. Faith is not saying, well, you know, uh, I know God did that. No, it's knowing that God has a future plan, that he's still at work, that he's still doing something. And though I don't see it clearly, I know that he is. And I know that he's a rewarder of them who will truly seek his face and those who will truly determine and commit themselves to the kingdom plan. And God will perform his work. And because of that, I keep on marching. When it says uh, an army arise, I just want to march, right? Because, man, Lord, I want to be a part of that army. I want to be a part of the army that storms the gates of hell because the gates of hell will not prevail against me, but I will prevail against the gates of hell because I am a blood-bought child of the King. I'm victorious in Jesus Christ. I've read the back of the book and I win. I will not let that deter me. I will not let anything get in my way because I am God's child. And by faith, I will keep on walking. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what anybody else does, I am not to be deterred by what other people say of me or about me. I know that I am walking in Christ Jesus. We have to have that determination. And that comes with a revelation. One of these times, I might get to this outline, and I might not. It comes with a revelation. We need to see a revelation of who we are in Christ. Too many times, look, we, we live in a world who, who has no identity. They're, they're struggling with the crisis of who they are. You want to know, uh, know why there's a gender issue in our world? Because they don't know who they are. And, 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 and the only ones to blame for that, us. us because if we were out discipling people of who they are in Christ Jesus we were declaring the power of God as we should in this world people would recognize who they are they're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus there wouldn't be an identity crisis we wouldn't be you know I don't know who I am no no I know who I am And when you know who you are, you can be an overcomer because when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you. Well, you look this way or you act that way. I don't care what you think about me. I know who I am, right? And you can say it with attitude, not mean, but you can know who you are. And you have to have a revelation. Faith begins with a revelation. And I'm not going to take time to read this whole passage. It says in verse 9, but just as is written, things which eye has not seen nor ear heard, uh, that all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So this is the apostle Paul writing, and he begins this actually in verse 4. He says, I don't come to you speaking in man's wisdom, but I come to you in the power, come on somebody, in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. He says, and I do that because 
If I come to you in any other way, all I'm producing is man's wisdom. All I'm sharing with you is the wisdom of man. But you need to understand the power of God. We, we, we have a church, and I'm not talking about the local congregation, but I believe the church in the world, the, the ecumenical body of Christ, has become anemic and weak because we have lost the revelation of who we are, and we, we have forgotten the fact that we are more than conquerors. We forgot the fact that we are the children of God and that God is with us no matter where we go. We can stand up and believe, and no matter what the circumstances says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's His kingdom purpose. It's not about me it's about him amen amen and I think the fact is is that we are too too focused on what we think about ourselves we're too focused on what we believe about ourselves and let me tell you something if you believe that you are weak you will always be weak because a perceived reality is is truth to you if you believe it Amen and oh me and all that good stuff. Faith is seeing something in the spirit world. Look, let me, let me help you understand this. Look, I can walk in offense all the time, right? How many know that I'm using that because that seems like the broad general terms of today's society. That just offends me. And we can walk in offense all the time. Because that is the, ex- how many have ever read the book, The Bait of Satan? couple of you, right? The Bait of Satan is a great book by John Brevere. We'll have to do a class on that because every one of us need to go through that. And it describes the Bait of Satan as the, the bait stick or the scandalon. And see, and, and, and the, the main preface is this, that the number one bait of Satan that he wants to use to distract, to, to hinder us is offenses. Churches split over the color of the carpet because that just offends me. Huh? I can't believe you moved the piano from one side to the other. I'm quitting. Offense. Silly. Things that have nothing to do with our faith, have nothing to do with who we are in Christ Jesus, the color of the carpet. Really? Are you that shallow? Are you that weak in your faith that you can't overcome a color of a carpet? I'm not talking to y'all. I'm just talking about the world, right? But am I right, though? I mean, have you seen it? You heard about it? Offenses. And the thing is, is if if we would understand that that it's not about us, because if we are dead in Christ Jesus, we are truly surrendered to Christ, look, a dead man can't say ouch. And no matter what someone says to us, we can say, I know who I am. I know who I am. That that, that doesn't bother me. And, and And then, guess what? If it even is targeting you, you can do this. No, sir, de- devil, you are not going to get me to grab a hold of that stick. Uh-uh, I ain't touching that one. How many know that, how many know that Christian people can do something that will offend you sometimes? Yeah. And I'll go ahead and say, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I'm sure that I probably have done it already for somebody. Please forgive me. But, but think about it. If you grab a hold of that stick, that scandal on, it's just like an old big mouth bass. I got him. And Satan gets you. That's his tool. That's his tactic. 
is if he can grab you up and pull you in. And whether it be the pastor or whether it be the Sunday school teacher or whether it be the good friend or just the, the usher or whatever it may be, whether it be in the church or outside the church, if you grab a hold of the scandal on, then guess what's happening? You have taken the bait of the enemy and you are stuck in offenses. Amen. But when you have a revelation of God of who you are, and you truly can grasp the understanding of how the enemy operates, then any time something is said to you, you say, whoa, wait a minute. If I grab a hold of that, that's going to lead me down a path I don't want to go. And, and I know that they just might be having a bad hair day, right? And, and, and they might have they meant what they said, but you know what? I've been hangry before too, and sometimes I might say something, so I'm going to give them some grace, and I'm going to walk away from that, right? Because I don't want to grab a hold of that. Am I helping somebody? Amen. We have to be careful. Because it's easy. And look, churches have split. Churches have grown across town because of people who've left other churches. And then all we do is we carry our baggage from one place to the next. And all along, if we would just let Jesus create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us and say, you know, Lord, I trust you, and God, whatever you want me to do, I will not move until you say move. I will not go until you say go. I will not do anything different until you say it, God. Amen? Look, our natural mind rejects the things of the Spirit. We see that in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish, foolish to him. And when I think of that, how many have ever heard of Abraham Maslow? Some of you guys who studied counseling, you got, you got that down. Abraham Maslow came up with a hierarchy of need. And there's five levels to the hierarchy of need. And the, 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 the lowest level is our physiological, our physical being. How many know that at the very root of who we are, we want to meet the need of hunger? Somebody has said, it's about that time. And so we have a basic need of Water, food, and phys physical, physiological needs that we have, right? And, and, and the next one's safety. And, and how many understand that we have this idea of, of the fight or flight mentality? You ever heard of that? Fight or flight, right? Well, that's the second level of Maslow's chart is the fact that if we get backed into a corner, our mind as natural beings automatically is thinking of this process of do I run or do I fight? Do I, do, I, do I have enough chance or am I backed into a corner, right? If, if I can maneuver my way, I might be able to get out of this thing. Otherwise, we're going to take it head on. These are, these are basic needs that we have. The next level up is love and belonging. How many know that we have a need to be needed and a want to be wanted and we have a love to be loved, right? And that is our need. Look, it's, is it wrong to have these needs? No, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying these are the needs that we have. These are the natural basis that we have, the needs that we have. The next level is esteem. We like to be esteemed. We like to know that we have purpose in wherever we are. And, and lastly, it is the self-actualization. You know, it's being me, expressing myself. Mm -hmm. Somebody likes to express, express yourself. Oh, no, I can't do that one. Express yourself. I can't even. <laughs> but see, that is the exact thing that the 
that our flesh wars against. And when God does something different or says for us to do something different that doesn't match up with our natural man, we then begin to war against that. I mean, I want you to think about this. I brought him. Think about this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 36 says, And others experienced mocking and scornings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawed in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Ooh. You hear this? Wow. And if the air condition wasn't on today, what would we do? Oh, God, I'm not going back there. It's so doggone hot. Well, I had a little sniffle this morning. I might better go. I might not better go. Wow. The sacrifices these guys made for the cause of Christ Jesus were not willing to back down to whatever challenge that, that God called them to. And knowing that this physical being, though it is our natural man to say, uh, but i got to protect this thing, you know. But the reality is, if God's called me to it, he will see me through it. And if it's not his time to see me through it, then he's got a greater plan for me. Because for me to live is, is Christ and to die is gain. When Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down to that big, that big idol, guess what? They was not afraid of being cast into a fiery furnace. I, I, I saw somebody uh, who went to the Middle East, and they, they likened that to the brick, the brick um, makers. And they had these huge furnaces that they'd roll those bricks into that would heat those bricks. And they said it really uh, was like... When you get close to those things, they were so hot, you couldn't even get close enough to the entrance of that. They had to, they had to push it in through a cart. Look, these guys were not even f- afraid of being cast into the furnace because they knew that God says, don't bow down to that idol. And let me tell you something, there's too many people in our, in our faith movement that are bowing down to every little idol that the world has and they wonder why they're anemic and they wonder why they can't grow in God because they don't have the faith to say no to the world. That wasn't in my notes, y'all. I'm just, I'm just preaching. Is that okay? It's not self-preservation. It's God-glorifying. When it says do all to the glory of God, that means we've got to put self on the shelf and say, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I'm not trying to deter you to say, man, your life's going to be boring. It's going to be awful. You can't have any fun anymore. Look. The most fun I've ever had in life is following God. Because he'll put you up the river in the middle of the jungle. And he'll, he'll have it turn over on you. And you're out in the middle of standing on a rock in the middle of the river. In La Mosquitia, the jungle, saying, oh God, this is fun. <laughs> Can you send another boat? 
Man, I've had ex- ex- super exciting times. And guess what? I can remember them. <laughs> yeah. But you have to be willing to say, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I believe in you. I trust you. I'll follow you wherever, whatever you say, God. Revelation, we call Revelation vision. It's when the Spirit shows you the next level of revelation. The Spirit communicates with your spirit in dreams. How many of you have ever had a dream or a vision of what God wants you to do? You've seen that, right? And the thing is, is that I, I, remember, I remember very vividly laying on my bed after I'd gotten saved, having a dream of preaching to an indigenous people. And, and, and I said, okay, God. If that's what you want, then we're ready to go. Not knowing how that would look or what the process would be. But I remember being in Wampusirpi, La Mosquitia, and, and the first time I'd ever went up into the jungle area, and here's, here's a thousand people lined up you know, and, and standing in front of me, and here's this indigenous people that I had to have three translators because... Because they had, well, two translators, had to go from English to Spanish to the La Mosquitian language. Did it happen the next day? No. I was, I was 16 years old when I received that vision. I was like 38 years old when I was standing in Wampusirpi preaching to a thousand people, uh, an indigenous tribe. Let me tell you something. If God gives you a vision for something, you need to hold on to that. Don't let go. No matter what the, the, the self says, no matter what, well, I don't, that won't ever happen. I won't ever make it. Look, hold on to the vision of God. Because if God's given you a vision, he will fulfill his vision in you. Amen? For the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2, 2 and 3 says, Then the Lord answered in me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens. The word hasten literally means to pant. In other words, it's, it's just panting. It's, it's, it's running. It's, it's rapid. It's running toward the goal. And it will not fail. It will not lie. It will not stop. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come. And it will not delay. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. The prophet The prophet said that faith starts with a vision, a state that is higher than we are. We have to write it down. How many of you ever received a vision, you said? Did you write it down? Do you go back to it? Do you go back and look and say, God, you said this, and Lord, I'm waiting on it. I'm I'm believing for it. I'm keeping on praying for it. I'm going to keep on persisting, God, because if this is what you said, then I'm believing that. Amen? I'm going to hold on to what you said for me, God. Because look, Abraham got a vision that he was, that he was going to have all these children. I mean, literally the prophet, uh, the, the angel told him to go outside and to look at the stars. And he looked at the stars and, and they were numerous. And he said, uh, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham, look, Abraham at that moment had already made a mistake. You need to realize that. He had already had an Ishmael. And, and, and here God said, wait a minute. Look, you have, you've jumped the plan. 
But just because you've jumped the plan doesn't, doesn't mean that my vision hasn't, uh, hasn't been, hasn't, isn't still real. It's still valid. Some of you walking around saying, man, I made a mistake. You know, God gave me this vision years ago, and I can't do that because, look, look, I've messed this up, I've messed that up. And look, if God's given you a vision, and God's given you a dream of what he wants you to do, you quit wallowing in yesterday's past because if you'll just say, Lord, forgive me, I'm turning my eyes towards you, I'm setting aside what happened yesterday, and I'm looking for something new, I'm looking for what you have in store. God can still feel his vision in you. Amen? Quit wallowing in it. Quit saying, I can't do it, I ain't done this. No, stop. God if God gives you a vision, he will see it through if you will let him do what he wants to do in your life. Joshua and Caleb, you heard me say that a few moments ago. Joshua and Caleb, they, they, I mean, they had a vision of conquering the promised land. Everybody else saw the giants, but the reality is, is that if you'll get your eyes off of the circumstances and get your eyes on God, he will give you the promised land. Amen? Mary got a vision of hearing, of having and bearing the Messiah. But the thing is, is that if she would have followed society, she, she would not have fulfilled this plan. But she obeyed God. She trusted the Lord. And she fulfilled the, the purpose. How have you seen your next level? Have you seen your next level? What are you doing about it? What are you waiting for? What, what's, what's happening? What's hindering? So, we have to go to another level. Grow from faith to faith. Romans chapter 1, 17. For in, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, just the just shall live by faith. God moves us up through levels, right? The Bible says things like this. Add to your faith. Building yourself up on your most holy faith. There's a process. Because look, if you, if you conquer everything at one time, you've got to inhabit that land, right? So there's a process of growing your faith. And as we grow, as we conquer, as we uh, begin to uh, take root and plant in those lands, in that area that God has conquered uh, for us, then we can continue to expand and occupy the territory that God's given us. Somebody needs to go into some territory in your life and plant a flag and say, it's mine, because <laughs> Jesus declared it. You need to go in that kid's room and say, you know what? Mm-mm. In my house, for as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Plant the flag. Right? Put up with it too long, man. It'll take root. You better, in the name of Jesus, that's my house. Amen. <laughs> we got to grow from faith to faith. We have to understand that it's little by little. Israel conquered Palestine little by little. It says in Deuteronomy 7.22, And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little, and you will, uh, you will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beast of the field come too numerous to you. Ooh, little by little. I think sometimes, how many, how, many, how many of you guys go work out once, you know, you've got a workout plan? Kathy, where you at? Kathy, sign them up. What's, that, what's your name of your class? Losing go Weight God's Way?
I need to be on one. But look, here's my problem. Here's my problem. When I go work out, Dre, I put the max weight that I can get. Right? And I push it as many times as I can. And how many know the next day? <laughs> I can't move. I get out there on that, I get out there on that little push them leggy thing, you know, I'm like, Veins popping out. Because all these young whippersnappers, they're all buff. So I'm going to, you know, me and my old self, I get it. I ain't let them show me up. I got the old man strength. <laughs> Next day, I'm like, oh, God, help me. And I think we do that even in our faith walk. We, we, we write out these ambitious plans. I'm going to pray three hours a day. And we have these spiritual plans. And look, it's, it's, thank you, Jesus. At least you're thinking about it. But we get so ambitious that, that the next day we're di- discouraged because we've been slapped in the face by the enemy. Well, I prayed three hours yesterday. Oh, my goodness. I'm praying. But you've got to keep, you've got to, you, you've got to take it little by little. You've got to grow. It's kind of like a, a, a baby's clothes, you know. Uh, you you grow with sizes, right? And as we grow, we grow in size in our faith. We grow closer to Him, little by little. We grow. Now, thank God that He's not on the that God's not on the timetable. We are. We can we can grow faster. Amen. I remember as a 16 years old getting saved. Of course, I, of course, I grew up in church, just stray this season. But I remember getting saved at 16 years old, and, and literally a year later, I was teaching Sunday school because. Man, I was so hungry that I, I, I just wanted to know more about Jesus. And so it may not be that we grow slow, but it's still little by little. It's still a, a piece by piece. We've got to get a new name. I mean, when you look at, when, when you look at what uh, Abram, Sarah, Jacob, Simon, all those had to understand that they had to let go of something. And, and look. Uh, my name was stupid and dumb and all those things. How many know what I'm talking about? Y'all call me stupid and dumb too? I'm just... <laughs> I mean, look, don't, real, don't we call ourselves names? Don't we limit ourselves by telling, well, I just don't have the capability. You know, I, I, I burned too many uh, sales back then. We, we, we limit ourselves. We call ourselves dumb. We call ourselves stupid. We say, well, I can't remember anything. I can't do that. I can't. Look, stop, stop name calling. Get a new name. If your name was dumb, then say, Jesus, I'm as smart as you want me to be. <laughs> Amen? And if you want me to be smarter, then you will fix it. Right? God, I, you know, I can't do this, but Lord... When, when in my weakness, the Bible says, in my weakness, you will be strong, right? So quit glorying in the fact that you can't say, thank you, Jesus. I can't do this. That means you got to, God. And Lord, I will make every step of the way. I may not be able to walk on water, but you say walk in the water. I'll walk in the water. And if you want it to split, it'll split. If you want me to... To get a scuba dive, I'll go through the middle of it, God, and I'll do what you want me to do. Right, Jeff? That's right. 
That boy's crazy. Amen. We've got to get a word. We've got to give what we have. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? When we look at Romans chapter 12, uh, 3 through 9, we see that God's given us gifts. How many know that you've got a gift from God? If you don't, you need to read the word because every one of you have been given a gift from God. Right? He led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto mankind. Every one of us have been given gifts from God. And look, if he's given you something, he give it to you to use. Right? Look to somebody say, you got to use it. Right? I mean, look, if, if you don't use it, now I don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe in the old saying that, you know, uh, my mom used to say, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Right? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that, that if God's given you a gift, you might not be per- perfect at the gift yet. And it needs to be honed. And so the, 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 le- the less you use it, the less time, or the more time it takes to be honed and shaped. Go up there and play that piano, Dre. Because here's the thing. Look, I, I, I don't want to play the piano. I really don't want to play the piano. Because I really wanted to play the piano, I'd, have, I'd make Michael Dre teach me how. I used to say I wanted to play the piano. I really don't want to play the piano. I dream about wanting to play the piano. I have an affinity of wanting to play the piano. But I, I Use all them excuses why I can't. But look, you, you guys have gifts. You guys are smart, brilliant. Some of you guys have organizational skills. Some of you guys have just beautiful personalities to connect with other people. Some of you guys are super servant hearts. Man, you don't want to be in front of anybody, but you, you'll work your fingers to the bone to make sure that everything looks good, done right. Everybody's needed. There's a place for everyone. There's, I mean, look, we, we have these singings, and, and if the musicians stop, man, I hear some beautiful voices out in this congregation. You got talent. You got people like Larry there that can tear up a piano like nobody's business. Got all kinds of talent, all kinds of gifts. But look, if you truly believe that God is your Lord and Savior, and you truly believe that you are a child of the King, and you truly believe that He has gifted you and talented you, and understanding that every one of you have a gift of God, then to move to another level, you have to use what God's given you. Why would you ask or why would you expect to get something different if you're not using what you got? Ouch. Because we want God to do things, but we gotta, we got to start where we are. We've got to use what we have. And when, when we get that gift honed, the Bible says be faithful. If, for, for if you're faithful with the few or little things, then he can bless you with greater things. You want more faith? You want to move to another level of relationship? Then use what God's given you. 
And every one of you are needed in this body for purpose and plan. Every one of you. Every one of you have purpose. There's no one in here that is called to be just sitting on the seats. We need you. Even if it's just relationship, your experiences, the things that you've gone through mean something to us. It's something that helps us walk through something. Talk to a, a man the other day said, bro, I need you. Because you've been in some places that I've never been and I don't even want to go. And so I need you to help me navigate those scary paths. Because I don't want to fall into that. Right? We need each other. Cornelius, don't you love this lady right here? She caught, how many got a call singing? I just want to say I love you and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love you. Just imagine if every one of us called each other, encouraged each other like that. Pastor, I can't do anything no more. I, I don't have the physical ability. You know what? You might be in a wheelchair, but you're doing more than some people do because you're encouraging people. Encouraging people. Quit using excuses. Think about it. Look around your day. Who's missing? Make a list. Well, this is not here, that is not here. Write them down. Make, make an appointment this week to call the people you don't see that are normally here. Would that make a difference? It would. Father, Lord, I want to see the chains broken off our worship. Lord, I want to see us unhinged for you. That when you say do, that God, we can do it. Lord, I, I, I want to see us truly operating in a, a spirit of obedience. Lord, I want to see us connected as you've called us to connect. I want to see us growing as you've called us to grow. I want to see us impacting our world as you've called us to impact. Lord, I'm thankful for every person here. We have phenomenal people. God, you have placed in this body, in this local congregation, awesome people. But Lord, we can't blame anything on anyone else because everyone has to do their part. And I pray that every one of us will be activated for your kingdom purpose in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.